Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable, and that's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back, and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. For the first time in my life, I think that I just saw North Korean leaders crying and begging. Thank you for joining us for another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of China. Today, I want to talk about a special thing that is taking place inside of North Korea. I don't think what... I. I what I'm going to be sharing during this podcast is basically what you can find in other places, but you would have to search many different news sources and talk to many different people. So we are not exclusively the only ones sharing this information. However, I think that we may be the only ones compiling this information for you, our listener, in the way that we are. Because right now, we are seeing North Korea in one of the most spectacular situations for the gospel to go in than I have ever seen. And I'm hopeful. I'm so hopeful that we just started one of our largest projects inside of North Korea in the last couple of years. We just started it. I, I, I had wire funded. I had, I had funding wired to one of our partners inside of North Korea so that he would be able to start one of the biggest projects that we have ever worked on. And I want to tell you about it, but I cannot. I cannot because of security, but I can tell you that we are hopeful about the situation in North Korea. And in fact, I am really so thankful for those of you that are our gatekeepers, that are listening to this podcast as gatekeepers, that are supporting us on a monthly basis because I can't talk about this project with many people. I cannot share about the details of this project with many people. There are a few people that I can. And last week, after I got the news outside of North Korea that we have an amazing opportunity to start a project that we've never really had the opportunity to do anything like it before. I was pretty excited. I wrote to a few of our partners. If I told you who those partners were, you would know who they were right away. And I wrote to them. I shared with them the details in hopes that we could raise funding through them for this project. I was turned down. All of them turned it down because they felt that it wasn't right for them to be involved in this project for whatever reason, whether it was maybe they didn't have the funding. Nobody told me that they didn't have the funding. I know these ministries, and they actually – I know that they – if they wanted to, at a, in five seconds, they could sign over or sign over funding for this project. We're not talking about a multimillion-dollar project, though we're talking about uh, millions of souls being involved in this specific project. We're really going to be able to reach people all all over the nation of North Korea with this project. And we never do big, expensive projects, by the way, just so that you know with Back to Jerusalem. The things that we do, we do with a low budget in mind. Why? Because we know that the people that are running the project may be kicked out at any time. We try to never purchase property. 
We try to always rent because we are a moving nomadic group. We, we, we don't require to have our own airplanes. We don't require to have our own headquarters. We don't require to buy property like the Catholic Church in different countries so that we can establish a presence and have ownership over that facility. For us, we're renting. We are stretching out tent pegs. We take that literally. When you think about uh, tent pegs, you think about a, a, an environment where – or at least a structure that is temporary. When, when we read in Isaiah about stretching out your tent pegs, we literally consider that to be a widening of our influence, a spreading out of the kingdom of the gospel. But as far as physical structures for us, this is not other ministries and you should not judge other ministries based on this philosophy. This is just for us as the group that we are. It's in our DNA that we are underground. We are nomadic. We are like an infection that you scratch and you cannot itch. Uh, you try to pour in the penicillin, but it's not getting to us. We continue to spread like a bad rash. And we feel that the one way that you can control our activities is for you to control uh, our resources. And if our resources are put into ownership of property and you can control that ownership of property, therefore you can control us. Like the Al-Qaeda, you cut us off at one end, we're going to grow from another end. So in that way, I went to a couple different ministries. I sent them personal emails. I, I know the directors of these ministries per, uh, personally, and they did not feel that it was right to be a part of this project for whatever reason. They wanted to know all the details. I gave them as many as I could, and they just did not feel comfortable for whatever reason. But we were able to do this project anyway. Because of gatekeepers like you. What I can tell you about the project is that the project allows back to Jerusalem missionaries to have access to everyday people every single day. It also allows them to be able to engage without restrictions different areas of North Korea. It also allows us to have an amazing amount of influence and daily interaction with government officials on a government level in the highest of levels. We've never had an opportunity like this before. And I want to thank you for our gatekeepers, uh, gatekeepers that are listening to this podcast, that are supporting this podcast. We just gained another 17. That's almost one for every two days. That's more than one for every two days. So at one every two days, we are getting a new gatekeeper joining on together with us. That's big. And it doesn't matter if, if you're giving $10 a month or $25 a month, it adds up. And if you're giving $10 a month, if you're giving $25 a month, if you're giving $100 a month, you are like us. You are saying, you know what? This is what I have. I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of what you're doing. And I hope our little amount makes a big difference because we're only a few people with Back to Jerusalem. We're not very big. We serve those that are much, much bigger. We serve churches that are in the millions. I work with leaders that are in the millions and, and I feel that as a privilege to serve them that, but our service group is very, very small. It's tactically small. I come from a scout sniper platoon in the United States Marine Corps. Maybe I feel more comfortable with people that I know 
intimately that that know me, know my operation. They know what I'm going to do before I even do it because they know my mind. They they know my MO. They know my modus operandi. So even before I hear the news, if they hear it before I do, they know that how I will react even before I actually hear it because we know each other that well. And that is so important in areas where you cannot communicate openly to know one another on an intimate, deep level. And I love the people that I'm working together with. And right now we are seeing something inside of North Korea that's happening that we've never had seen before. And I think again, it goes back to the April prayer where we focus so strongly on prayer for North Korea for the month of April. I want to thank you for those of you that joined us for April because we keep coming back to the month of April when so many breakthroughs from North Korea happened. After April, this month in in May, we have seen North Korea do things that I've never seen in my life. North Korea was getting a little belligerent after April talking about, you know, certain things that they were upset about and they were they they were doing the regular thing that they always do. They had a meeting that was taking place in Singapore. They were not doing anything to actually make concrete steps towards those meetings. Nobody was making reservations for the meetings in Singapore. And I have a theory why that was happening partially. But then North Korea was also – Kim Jong-un was also making veiled threats. That Basically, you know what? I don't like the war games that you're doing in South Korea, America. Knock off the war games or we're not going to be having a productive summit in Singapore. So America stopped the war games. And then Vice President of the United States, Mike Pence, went out, by the way, an amazing vice president, one of my favorite vice presidents ever. His focus on the persecuted church, whether you agree with his other politics or not, does not matter. He has he, – he just made a, a, a speech last week. You can go on YouTube and see it. Uh, he went to a – pastor's conference and spoke about a week ago and got up on stage and implored the pastors continue preaching the good news of the of Jesus Christ. I've never heard a, a any presidential candidate from any country speak in such clear terms like that when it comes to giving a clear presentation of the gospel. He gives his own testimony how he came to Christ and implored word for word almost. He said Pastors continue preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was a phenomenal speech. Anyway, he said some things about North Korea that North Korea did not like in relation to uh, Libya, saying that you know they would be going down the same road. Uh, North Korea took offense and, and like they usually do, blew up and hoped everybody would just kind of cower down and, and that hopefully um, the president of the United States would, would correct his vice president. And the exact opposite happened. Because they were not seeing any concrete steps taken for Singapore because of the the rhetoric that was coming out against uh, Vice President um, Pence as well as the operations that were taking place, the joint operations in South Korea and the Sea of Japan, Trump sent a letter and said, regrettably, it looks like we're not going to be able to do this meeting. And the response back was something that I've never really seen before, which could only be really set. So that message was handed down on May 24th. On May 24th, within hours, within hours, there was a letter that came back that told America, we will meet you anytime, 
anywhere, any place. Anywhere, any place. That's kind of the same thing. Basically, it was it was the equivalent of North Korea begging. They they removed everything. They basically appealed to Trump to please do not stop this meeting. And now a few things are coming out um, from the inside of North Korea that are shedding light on the situation uh, that has become extremely desperate. And in fact, according to Business Insider, there was a a defector that has come out talking about a video that has been circulating around North Korea. There's even a photo that can be seen on it coming out of Reuters. So we're not talking about small clandestine news sites. This is businessinsider.com quoting Reuters. It says a video of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has been seen, has been circulated around the country of him crying. And so you can see him crying about his country's terrible situation. One of the things that has brought this about is the fact that we're seeing people die. Just like I said last year. Just like I said last year, North Korea is facing famine. I know because we're there. I sat down with all of our Back to Jerusalem missionaries, all 12 of them who have been working inside of North Korea, and we went over the things that they've been seeing, and they all confirmed the fact that the people are starving to death. They're not hungry. They're not malnutritioned. They're not super skinny. They're dying. And they're dying in large numbers. We know this because people like the soldier who was able to escape across the 38th parallel that was seen inside of South Korea, inside of a South Korean hospital that found serious stages of malnutrition with the uh, the North Korean. And they also found that he had worms in his stomach and unprocessed corn. So he was eating raw corn directly from the cornfields because he had been stealing it. That's how they were surviving. And I reported to you earlier this year that North Koreans ha- soldiers, which are at the top echelon of a three-tier system, the soldiers are finding themselves giving three months off to go and find food. Well, now it's being reported that the elite, the elite are facing reduced rations and it's and decreased access to the outside world to even get more food. This is a quote um, that comes from one of the news sources that I read this morning. The grandchild of a former Japanese guerrilla fighter received only half of their expected rations for a month, said the daily North Korea source based in North Hamyong province on May 20th. So that was just a few days ago. Another source in the Kangwang province reported that an individual who made a large contribution to the fight against the Japanese, which are at the top echelon. This is the top echelon people. This is, these are the people that are given the most, the most authority, the most, these, these are the people that are swimming in riches while the rest of the country is starving. Well, now even they under these sanctions that have been put in place by the United States, even they are now reeling from the pain. So the, the pain has trickled up. 
Another source in Kongwang province reported that an individual who made a large contribution to the fight against the Japanese received 20 days of rations for a month. So basically he was cut down by 11 days. He got 300 grams. Uh, uh, this is what his rations look like. 300 grams of bean sprouts, one bottle of cooking oil, one bottle of alcohol, 500 grams of sugar, 500 grams of assorted snacks. And last month, which included Kim Jong, uh, Kim Il Sung's birthday, which is the biggest holiday of the year. That, that, I'm sorry. The rations that he got, which was only 20 days of rations during the most important day of the year. During the month of April, he received 20 days of rations. This month, in the month of May, he received nothing. Zero. So he's still trying to survive off last month's rations. This is the top echelon. These are the people surrounding Kim Jong-un. These are the cadre. These are the government officials. They're now starving. You know, they always say that what the, do you want the difference between recession and, and, um, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the, 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 uh, the word not oppression for some reason, whenever I'm talking about, um, uh, <clears throat> uh depression. So, uh, I, I was thinking of oppression for some reason, because I'm always working with the, the, the church, but a, a, the great depression, <clears throat> Uh, the Great Depression happened, of course, in the United States in the late 1920s after the market crash. And we always see countries that go in Great Depressions after a war or, you know, they're trying to rebuild themselves or they're run by a communist dictator. You want your country to go into a depression? Uh, put in place a communist dictator. That is, that is the most for sure way that you are going to find yourself in a serious state of poverty. But I, I heard a teacher one time tell me this. Do you know what the the difference is between somebody, a country that's in depression and a country that is in recession? The difference between depression and recession is in a recession, my friend doesn't have a job. In a depression, I don't have a job. That's what we're seeing in North Korea. In North Korea, it's been tough because the lower echelon people have been dying of starvation. But now, starvation is starting to hit the upper echelon. The top cadre members got their rations for last month, but this month, the month of May, they've got nothing. May 20th, just a few days, last week, from me doing this, from the time I'm doing this podcast, on May 20th, a train arrived in a stop, and one of the soldiers on the train had died of starvation. It wasn't that he was on the train for so long, which can also happen. Trains often take two, three times longer than what they're supposed to. One of the main reasons why is more than 90% of the trains inside of North Korea run off electricity. And North Korea does not have enough electricity to run their trains. So their trains don't make it to the destination in, the, in a timely manner because I've, I've literally seen with my own eyes trains going up a hill, get halfway up the hill. And they don't have enough electricity to make it up the hill, so they have to coast back down backwards. And so I've seen the train go up, slow down before it gets to the top of the hill, before it goes over the crest, stop, and then back up, and then build up enough energy and wait till a time when they have enough electricity 
that they can actually take the train on up. More than 60% of people travel by train if they're going from northern part to the southern part of North Korea, especially if you're in the upper echelon or the top cadre. That's how the top cadre and the, the president even travels by train. That's one of the ways that China was able to identify or that media was able to identify in China that a North Korean delegation last month had arrived inside of China because there had never been a train that old and decrepit seen in China for many, many years. So when they saw an old train that looked like it was about ready to fall off the tracks and kind of poof into dust because it was so decrepit and old and beat up and even the old Chinese trains didn't look that bad. People came to the conclusion that this must be North Korea. And because of the security that was around such a broke down old train, they came to the conclusion that this was the president. This, so the news began to come out about Kim Jong-un and President Xi having a meeting long before it was even officially announced because reporters had seen the trains. And they were really so out of place inside of China. So you have this soldier a soldier at the top echelon being found on a train dead. This, I believe, prompted the letter from Kim Jong-un to President Trump begging him. That letter will meet you anywhere, anytime, anyplace. You're choosing. You tell us. That is the diplomatic equivalent of groveling. That is when you know that the, the leader – is desperate. He just saw things have gotten really bad and this is his chance to make things better. So we'll see. I, I, I'm really, I really have a good feeling about the meetings that are about to come up. And if so, the, the project that we just started this week inside of North Korea is going to be perfectly situated. We, we just started and things are moving fast. We already got the funding inside. We already got the project up and going. We got the project leaders all in their place and they have already got the project going. Now, if things go well, like I believe that they will inside of Singapore and I'm asking all of our gatekeepers as well as anybody listening to this podcast to please pray for the meetings to go better because one of the things that Trump has said that he wants is not to give money from the government to North Korea. This is huge. This is huge, and I'm going to tell you why in our next podcast. I'm going to ask you to come back to our next podcast because what President Trump has promised to do for North Korea, if North Korea accepts, will be something that will benefit the Back to Jerusalem missionaries like we have never seen before. And I believe, again, that this goes directly back to the prayers that we asked people from around the world to be praying last month in the month of April. I couldn't be more giddy. Thank you so much for joining us again for another Back to Jerusalem podcast. Again, I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of China. God bless. <laughs>